It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Welcome back to the Offspeed Podcast. My name is Grace. I am your host, and I'm delighted for you to be joining me today. We're excited to be back. It is an exciting time in sports. It's one of my favorite times of the year. The NHL playoffs are heating up. The NBA playoffs are kind of, uh, you know, on the verge of wrapping up, but the conference finals are happening. Uh, baseball season, well underway. Uh, it's getting warm outside. It's a treat. It's a delight. We have a very fun show for you today. Uh, my friend Aiden Keen, uh, an Irish friend of mine, is going to chat through us uh, the sport of hurling. Can explain the sport itself, uh, the history of the sport, and what makes the sport very exciting. I will say I watched uh, a couple of games that Aiden sent my way, and they were a delight. It was so fun. It's like a high-energy-packed game. It's sort of this mix of like lacrosse and hockey, um, and they played on this huge field, and it was super, super fun. I very much enjoyed it. At the end of the show, we will chat with Mike Bloom in our segment Game On, uh, where I have developed uh, a couple of games for Mike, uh, a few things, uh, notably a BuzzFeed style quiz. We're going to narrow down Mike to six teams and then we'll help him pick a new baseball team to follow. Um, kind of a newer ish fan uh, to baseball and Mike would like to pick a team to follow. So we're going to try and help him do that. Apologies to everybody. Uh, the Buzzfeed quiz is going to sort of knock out, you know, we got to narrow it down some way and probably unfairly in many ways, we're going to knock out some teams that, you know, if we're doing this another way easily could have been Mike's new MLB team to follow. But um, if you're a fan of the team, he picks, you're welcome. Um, so we'll be joined later by Mike. Very quickly, I chatted about the uh, NBA playoffs. We're down to the conference finals. You have the Mavericks and the Warriors. You have the Celtics and the Heat. Um, I think I'm rooting for the Miami Heat. I think I would like Kyle Lowry to win another uh, championship. I would not mind. I would not mind um, the Mavericks winning, I think, as well. The Warriors, yeah, okay, whatever. The Celtics, yeah, probably not. Um, but the Heat would be would be my choice uh, uh, to win. Kyle Lowry uh, in there, but uh, both of those games, uh, both those series should be should be very fun um, to watch. Over on the NHL side of things, two weeks ago, Lavina joined us. I think a lot of her predictions uh, were were pretty pretty fair. Um, as I'm recording this. Uh, the Florida Panthers, her number one uh, pick to win, Joe Thornton, getting Joe to hold that Stanley Cup over his bearded head, uh, still in the realm of possibility. Uh, the Florida Panthers beat out the Washington Capitals. Gosh, it's a har- heartbreaking weeks, uh, week for me and Leafs Nation. Uh, condolences to everybody. The Maple Leafs once again proving that they are unable uh, to win a uh, series clinching game in many a year. Uh, can't make it out of the first round, getting beat in game seven by the Tampa Bay lightning 
it's incredibly sad. I, but also at the same time, I just think that's like, that's the reality of being a Toronto police fan now. Um, so that was unfortunate. Uh, some fun matchups in, in, in round two there. We have the Florida Panthers playing the Tampa Bay lightning in a fun sort of battle of Florida, but also for our Canadian fans, we have that battle of Alberta, Calgary playing Edmonton. I think the the takeaway from the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is other than Colorado sweeping the Nashville Predators, um, every series goes to at least uh, uh, six games. Uh, Florida beating the Capitals in in six games, and every other series going to a game seven. Uh, how exciting! Uh, that was that was Lavina's point. The parity. Um, any team could win this thing. Um, I think that there are obviously. I I still am sort of predicting a Colorado Florida final. Um, but it does kind of feel like any team uh, could win uh, and that, uh, yeah, these these uh, series going to game sevens was was very, very fun. Uh, lots of other big news. Tom Brady decides that he will be a broadcaster once he's done retiring and he signs a contract, a, a mega contract where he's probably going to make more money being a broadcaster than he did as a quarterback. Uh, and and so he's signed. He's 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 made the deal, but not. Next year, he sells another year to play. Then he'll go. Um, I'm interested to dive in more about broadcasting and, and what this means. Uh, you know, in the recent years, we've had the the, the Manning cast. Uh, now Tom Brady going to enter the booth. So I think there's a lot to dive in there. I think it was very, very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, lots happening in the sports world. But we're going to slow down. We're going to check out. We're going to hop across the pond if you're here with me in North America. Um, and we're going to travel to Ireland to chat with Aiden about hurling. And I'm very, very excited about that. So we'll be back in a moment with Aiden. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our own feed as well. If you want to get the Offsuite podcast a day early, a day in advance of it dropping in the reality TV rehab ups feed, you can subscribe to our own feed. Rob is a website.com slash Offspeed feed. It's all set up, ready to go for your listening pleasure you'll get the podcast a day early and then the pod will drop in the reality tv wrap of speed uh and i would very much love uh ratings reviews uh subscribe to that feed uh i would very much appreciate it if you're enjoying the off speed podcast at all you could do that if you don't want to do that recommend the show to a friend let them know what we're doing here all that fun stuff and i would be very much appreciative if you were able to do that Welcome back, everybody. I am joined by my good friend, Aiden Keen, to talk about some hurling. Aiden, how you doing? Oh, Tommy, on a walk, Greg. Grace, August Tufain. Sorry, you look confused. I, I, I assume since we're talking about an Irish sport, we're going to be talking in the Irish language. Like, Yeah. We haven't yet figured out how to subtitle <laughs> podcasts, uh, but if we could, uh, I guess it'd be like an overlay. Somebody, but... Yeah, we could, we, we could do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I able to kind of spare la. I'll speak in English as well. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I've been sitting on that joke for a week. So, no, it's a good one. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Hello, Grace. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very, very well. Uh, I'm doing better than uh, you at, at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you're telling me. Yes, I have a little bit of uh, COVID, but that's okay. <laughs> a little uh, bit of the COVID. A little Just bit of it, yes. A, t- of a touch of it, yes. Right after I was sick, I'm sure that the last, I'm pretty sure in the last episode I recorded, my voice also sounded like this. So this is all just for continuity purposes that my voice will just sound sick on every episode of the Osprey podcast but no, that's okay. not, not sick yeah. uh, kind of cool uh, husky and yeah. uh, ambient yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I can't remember when you and I were chatting about hurling or you were chatting about hurling. I uh, probably in the post show recaps, patron discord. Uh, it was certainly there. I'm just trying to remember the context as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. One of those conversations, I saw you talking about hurling. And so then I immediately, I love to Google things. I Googled hurling. And then I was like, Aiden, will you come on to talk about hurling? This is the whole idea of the Osprey podcast is that we dive into different sports. So we will, we will touch upon hurling but first uh, i like to do this with our guests especially when it's our first time on the show give us your sports history background so what you watched as a kid what you played as a kid your favorite teams um which i think will be fun uh as you are not from north america so i think a lot of what you're about to say might not make sense to our uh american and canadian friends but that's okay let's give it a shot uh what's your sporting background um, yeah, it's why I started with the Irish language. I'm, I'm, I can only get more comprehensible from here. Um, when I was younger, um, I like a huge amount of Irish uh, kids. Uh, the main kind of sport that we followed was the English Premier League in soccer or football, yeah. as we were called it. But we were also uh, at a very, very young age introduced to the Gaelic games. Uh, the two main ones have been Gaelic football and hurling. Um, there are two other ones, but they're sadly not talked about as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, that was always the case. And then when I was, I think about nine or nine or 10, I discovered a sport called rugby, uh, which I do believe has quite a big following in the States. They have a, you know they have a very good team. Canada, uh, it's really big in Canada as well. We often have yeah. rugby teams at our our, uh, our high schools as well. So yeah, I feel I feel bad for Canada. Canada were great, but uh, uh-huh. they've kind of nosedived off a cliff yeah. at the moment in terms of performance. Um, sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was my uh, that was my sport growing up. I played it in school. I played it at a club level. Um, <laughs> I um, I had to make that a choice. That I think everybody makes at some point. I had to choose between uh, uh, rugby or uh, Drama. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that, that was my that was my big choice coming into uh-huh. college, and um, I chose drama in the end. Okay. So that that, that yeah. was the end of my uh, playing. So I think kind of late teenagers, but I I still follow it religiously. I'm a huge fan. Okay, I I would like to at some point do a rugby episode as well because I I do think it's like it's probably the most well known unknown sport i would i would presume mm-hmm. with rugby in the sense of that um people know about rugby but i don't know if they know about like what's happening in the world of rugby uh, outside of north america again we're being very north american centric uh, everybody who lives outside north america is like what do you mean we know what's happening in rugby it's like oh, yeah apologies oh, we are yes over um, the last couple of years north american rugby is fantastic because you're the new league that you guys have going i think it's the mlr i'm not entirely sure what the name of it there's uh, a toronto it, it, team I, I would like to go uh, the wolf pack i think uh, apparently are like very very good yeah. as well in the, the Super League, I think. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Toronto Wolfpack competed in the Super League. Uh, it's the Rugby Football League system, I believe. There's also um, great money in it, so a lot of kind of almost close to retiring superstars from kind of more well-established rugby countries like New Zealand and Scotland are retiring over in America and playing up against rookies from Seattle, and it's amazing that's, to watch. It's it's just it's a fantastic dynamic. So sorry, everybody's I, gonna I, hate me. It's the North American Rugby League. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, yes. So although perhaps that it, I I don't know. I'm confused now. This is the first season will kick off 21st of May 2022 which is literally this Saturday. So is there now a new league? I don't know. Whatever. Sorry, I follow the European domestic league. I apologize. (laughs) 
It looks like there's only there's only going to be five teams in this new. But anyway, we're not, we didn't come there to talk about rugby. But <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting very sidetracked but now, already. Well, yeah. Now I'm like just like thinking about uh, the next episode. But uh, okay, so it wasn't this, fan. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't the very first sport I played though. The first sport I played, like most uh, young. Um, Irish kids were the Gaelic games, uh, Gaelic football, and the one we're here to discuss today, hurling. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, hurling. It. I. Uh, you sent me. Uh, some, I wanted to talk about. It. I looked it up a little bit, and then you sent me a couple of. Um, well, a full game uh, to watch last year's um, final, as well mm-hmm. as um, the last fifteen minutes of a final. Was it the twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen um, season? I can't can't quite remember. Twenty twenty thirteen, I believe. Yeah, and uh, the the all final game was a bit of a, 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 a I don't know if that seemed a bit like a blowout to, to me. I don't know if that's like yeah, that's a huge yeah, blowout or like just a you know uh, just one team that's, kind of being clearly better than the other, even if the other team is fine. I wasn't quite sure. Um, that is so harsh for me to hear, considering Cork are my team. The, team, the team who just got blown out were my team, and so it 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 it, it, it hurts to hear that. But do you know, know it's I, absolutely correct. I thought very uh, very humble of you to send me you sent me two clips we'll try to put these in the in the <laughs> yeah. show notes the first game uh was the all the the final uh the all-ireland final in which uh you said limerick the champions by far the strongest team at the moment and cork and you put in brackets my team and so i watched mm-hmm. the game and i was like okay yeah Lim- limerick does seem to be the better team they win the game uh a little bit handily and then you sent this other clip you said here's the last 15 minutes of one of the greatest games ever uh and it also has cork in it is Claire versus Cork. And I'm like, well, Aiden obviously sent the, the best game in Aiden's opinion is obviously going to be one in which like Cork wins. And they're like down in the end. And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for the comeback from Cork. It never happens. It never, what a, what a humble uh, person you are to send two clips of your team <laughs> losing uh, twice. I don't really mind sending you that last one because it truly, truly was an amazing game. Uh, the Clerk and uh, Cork and Clare final. Uh, but mm-hmm. Cork went on and steamrolled everybody the following year. So I okay. don't really mind. Okay. Like, we, we have our fair share of history. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but I sent you that one because I think the atmosphere in there is really telling about how invested people are in this game. Well, I thought the first. I thought the first. Uh, the first game had an incredible atmosphere, and we were talking. You were t- saying before that the stadium was about half full, just because of uh, the COVID restrictions still in place. Mm-hmm. And I thought, just like uh, a super. I mean, the, it looks. It looks like it's sold out. Uh, probably. Oh, they oh spaced, yeah. Just because they space everybody like gold dust for that. Absolutely yeah. gold dust. But really fun. And then I also think uh, we'll get into the game of hurling and sort of the, the basic rules a bit. But I, I, as I was watching it, it's sort of this unique. I mean. I think one of the things it's it's this is one of the oldest uh, field sports, if mm-hmm. not the oldest uh, uh, in the world, and certainly one of the the first ever documented, uh, especially one that's particularly one that's still played. Uh, it's very I mean, uh, any sport yeah. that's mentioned in uh, mythological texts. I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to find out when it officially started, but it goes way back. I think the first the first sighting of it is twelve seventy two BC. Uh, so yeah, it is old. It is an old game, thousands and thousands yeah. of years old. Um, what I what I thought was really fun about it is this. Ha- it has this um, this you know the pace to it is incredibly fast. Uh, I think in in America, sort of if you think about our our four sports. Um, 
football and baseball, uh, like American football, two of the more slower paced sports, I would say. And then you have our like hockey and, um, and basketball. It definitely had a bit of a hockey, uh, feel mm-hmm. to me and how fast paced it was, but with higher, like more scoring. And the fact that you can just like these guys hitting the ball from like, then the, the field is humongous. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, it's like double the size of a soccer uh, pitch. It's hum- humongous. So, uh, it has this like lacrosse hockey, uh, you know, in soccer, sort of football, like feel to it. It was really fun. Um, why don't you give us like the break that sort of, of the basics of, of hurling and we'll try to include uh, sort of a video with like the rules in case people are a visual learner like me, but mm-hmm. break down the rules of hurling for, for the audience. Um, the go-to line, uh, cause you mentioned both lacrosse and hockey before is it's, it's a great line and it's great. It sets up the, uh, the game fantastically is that hurling is like a cross between hockey and murder. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's fairly intense. Uh, and when you said it's one of the oldest field sports in the world, it is, but it is um, uh, quite literally the, fast, the fastest field sport in the world, right. uh, measured by the Guinness Book of Records. So basically the break then is there are 15 players in each team. Um, each of them are armed with a piece of wood shaped in a particular fashion called a hurley. Uh, it's where the uh, the game gets its name, hurling. You play the character from Lost. As well. <laughs> a hurley, yeah, yeah. Everybody, carries everybody carries around, around hurley. hurley, yeah, from yeah. Lost, yeah. Mm-hmm. A, 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 but a wooden version. No, it's a, it's a wooden hurley, um, and the ball that they are bashing about the place is called a schlitter. It's about the size of a fist. It's made of hardened leather. It's not soft. It is fairly heavy. And um, then they basically hit that around the pitch and they catch it and run with it. And the object is to get it between um, a goals. A goalpost, you can either get it in the net below the crossbar where there is a keeper that'll earn you a goal, which is worth three points, or between the uh, the uprights crossbars, which will get you a point. Uh, the game is measured in goals and points, so one score would sound like one seven plays two four. So that's one seven. So it's and it's so that's a draw game. That's ten points apiece. Yeah, the the score. I mean, it just take, it uh, doesn't take eventually long. Long the score, the scoreboard like looks a little, like the fact that yeah, it would be like one ten and and one eleven uh, is only a, is only you know that's a point different. But like yeah, this is the way way it works. But ultimately, it's just points, and the the first number being worth three points, uh, the second one being being one point. Um, yeah, I thought that was that that was a. Uh, interesting uh and 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 yeah this idea well the two things one that you you see so a lot of the most of the play that like when i was watching it's like you know you're just trying to like kind of get someone in position hopefully enough that they can just like hit it uh hit it between these like upright goalposts which they can get a point mm-hmm. and i just thought like you know actually I, I said very lacrosse very uh hockey but i actually felt like that part of it was like uniquely baseball which i very much liked it was like they're like hitting it up and just like swinging at swinging the ball like nobody's pitching it to them they're pitching it to themselves but trying True, to yep. like then it's imagine like you know imagine you had goalposts in the outfit you like lob the ball to yourself and then try to yeah. hit it through the through these goalposts it was i i love that part like just see and and from how far they can oh, yeah. hit it pe- pe- the people are well. people are knocking these overs from 70 meters away it's wild yeah it's really it's really cool um for all you metric lovers out there 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, the other fun, th- well, the fun. I don't know if it's fun. Uh, I mentioned lacrosse. Uh, there's um, uh, I don't, I don't know if people uh, on the are familiar with uh, John Boy. Is uh, this guy? He's a Yankees fan. He got notorious for doing uh, YouTube videos of like like breaking down uh, baseball plays. And he's got really into lacrosse lately. But his biggest complaint in lacrosse, he says, the goal pads are way too big. The goalies wear. If you watch a lacrosse game, the goalies wear so many pads, and the lacrosse ball. It's probably a little bit smaller and it's full rubber compared to this uh, hurling ball, which is like leather wrapped in cork. But it looks like it would hurt a lot to get hit. And I'm watching these the people who have to play goalkeeper and they have no pads on. Nobody has pads. They just have their own hurling stick and a helmet. And that's yeah, it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yes. Their hurling is a little bit wider than everybody sure. else's. So they sure. have more protection. Sure. No, I, it's, that's wild to me that they have, they, I mean, I, I yeah, you I see some of the saves that they put in though. Like they throw yeah, themselves in front of that thing and block it yeah. more often than not. I saw a few very good saves, but I'm like, boy, that's a lot to just stand in front. There was one where I saw as well. Um, I don't know what you would call what the actual name was called, but like a penalty shot where like somebody gets fouled pretty close to the net and they get to take a penalty shot. But it's not I, I don't know if this even exists like nor, like sometimes in like it. Well, a penalty shot in soccer, it's just the goalkeeper, whatever gets put on the spot. This seems like the ball gets put down exactly where it is. The guy can like hit it up to him. You can't pick the ball up off the ground. So he's got to flick it up no, to himself. You got to hit it. You got you to pick it up with your your hurley and the team just stacks all of their players in the net and i was like oh my god this uh, brutal to just have to yeah. like, stand and get hit by this giant rubber ball god. yeah like everybody get the team and just d- dive in front of this bullet that's about to be rocketed oh. at you at 75 miles an hour the guy i said he just ends up going for a, a one point over the top which uh perhaps makes more sense uh but, but yeah, yeah no, you, you get to a point at the end of a game where if you're two or three points behind you're gonna have to go for a goal and that's right. what people that's what people do they aim for it and yet yes. it's brutal there is no padding whatsoever the only bit of protective gear that anybody is wearing is a helmet uh yeah and uh it was only a starting- <laughs> there was controversy about that as well when that came in people hated it yeah in 2010 the helmet gets introduced and even in the yeah. game that i saw their helmets are not like uh they're not full face mask helmets like lacrosse yeah. players typically have the full like plastic like uh like like mask these are just like very thin pieces of metal and i saw at least i think two players uh who were bleeding uh so i can only imagine what the sport looked like pre uh 2010 10 when the plastic protective helmet uh, was introduced. Fair, fairly vicious, fairly vicious. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody uh, on a puck out, if somebody uh, hits the schlitter, is the name of the ball, mm-hmm. um, out from the goal and there's a contestable in the air, like people are swinging hurlies and trying to grab it with fists. So it's very likely like broken fingers are common. Yes. Can you explain to me the one thing that uh, it is a pretty physical game, uh, especially when the ball I found the mo- it seemed like the pretty the most physical part was was well, two things. One, when somebody is sort of like uh, so you can run with the ball, but not for more than four steps. Right. So then you have yeah. to you have uh, to balance it or solo it on your stick. If this, yeah. And so, uh, you know, when somebody is trying to sort of make a movie, they, you know, people are trying to, to, to knock them sort of uh, knock the ball free. Uh, but the other one is when like the ball is on the ground and because they can't pick up their hands, everybody's trying to flick it up, uh, or, or hit it away or whatever. Um, uh, and it seems to get pretty physical there. Uh, the one thing I didn't quite understand, this was something I had to sort of get used to. Like it's like in soccer, I didn't watch a lot of like soccer or football uh, growing up as well. And something I've got into over the last few years. And I think I've slowly started, you know, like, 
like the difference, like when is there, when is it a foul? You know, you, you didn't go for the ball, you missed the ball. Uh, what's it, when, when you should get a yellow card versus mm-hmm. when, you know, it's just a, it's just a free kick. Um, what are the foul rules in, in hurling? Cause it does seem to be a pretty physical sport, <laughs> but yet there are times when the referee will call the play dead and they get, you know, the, uh, yeah. Fast and loose. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't enjoy being a hurling referee because mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of it is an up for interpretation. Like if it's an honest contestable, you're not allowed kind of tackle. Um, like nobody, you're not allowed to wrap anybody. Uh, right. But you're allowed shoulder, elbow, not elbow. You're not allowed to throw an elbow into the face, though a lot of players do. Um, you're not allowed to trip. And that would certainly be a foul. Uh, then it's just being unnecessarily rough. Uh, that can call for that. Uh, holding on. Um, yeah, you can't just hold on to the possession and wrap it up. Um, that, that would be a foul. Um, other than that, yeah, just unnecessary, un- unnecessary roughness, I guess would be the right. appropriate term. Like, it seems like you can, you can, in the same way, like as in hot, you can, like, you can, sort of check with your butt as long as your feet you have at least a foot on the ground you can sort of check to to move a guy off but you can't be like using your hurley to like put like or like slash in some way you no can, no sure you can't can, you, can you can't use your hurley as a weapon yes and then you can use your hurley to hit to like try to hit their hurt like right you can hurl oh yeah, yeah to block their shot if you see them going for a shot you can hook which is great, which right. is just basically hitting their hurley out of the way, uh, which distracts their shot. You can try and block their shot, which, um, yeah, no, okay. but if it's on the ball or on the on the hurley, not a problem. But uh, I, I you actually can, do, you can't yeah. you can't make direct contact with the right. with the hurley to uh, a player deliberately. Um, the one thing that I was um, oh, the, the reason why I think the the game. Uh, is so fast paced is this idea that you can you can run with the ball um, you can hold on to it and again it's for four steps or the equivalent time of four steps uh, is what I was what, what the rules said um, can you do that endlessly could you could you can you run four steps hit it with your with your hurley bounce it back to you run with it in your hand for four steps can you just do that could you just do that the whole way up the pitch absolutely uh, Absolutely, you could. Okay. Um, so long as you continue to solo. In fact, what you'll see right. if uh, players are in a particularly large amount of space, they'll ban- balance the Schlitter on their hurley and just run. I love this. I love so, this. Like, this is my favorite part. It's not yeah. a very wide. It's it's not a very wide uh, hurley. It's a, about four to five inches across, and the Schlitter is maybe two. And um, mm-hmm. so they just balance it and just run at full pace, mind you. Like it was really sprinting cool. up the pitch. Yeah. And then they'll come to a stop and in the same motion, flick it and smack it to wherever it is. There you go. And the accuracy that, was, that these people can uh, yeah. hit is mind, mind blowing. That was to me the coolest part. When you talk about like how, like, uh, you know, uh, soccer is often called like the most beautiful game or whatever, you know, like yeah. the, the, when, when they would run with the, the ball, the, the Schlitter, am I pronouncing that right? Perfect. Uh, perfect. Uh, when they would balance it on their hurley, run like however long, and then flick it up and like, and then like, you know, baseball home run, launch it in between the two posts. It's so cool. It looks, it looks so cool. Hurling is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, it's also very important uh, to pay attention to the crowd who are behind the goalposts because depending on where you're sitting in the stadium or what the angle of the camera that you're watching this is the only way to tell if it goes over or not. Yes, I I did notice. I noticed actually it was interesting. They didn't really in the game I watched. They didn't really make a call if it was good. Um, they did make a, a gesture if it wasn't good. So the the sort of referee uh, no. or umpire would take a step forward and, and basically make an X with his arms. And if it basically went in, it was like 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. Oh no, Even there is baseball, one. They, they, like they a wave a flag. So hard. Right, I did they, see them. They wave a, a little flag. flag. I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's white if it's a point and green if it's a goal. I might have that wrong though. Right, and um, and then this this uh, the game that I watched. I presume this league plays two thirty five minute halves with uh-huh. uh with a stoppage time so yeah there's a lot of stoppages yeah. in the game so it gets added at the end so when the 70 minutes hits you'll see somebody will come out and announce how many minutes are added whether five or six or whatever how many minutes are added on at the end right so 70 70 minute game uh, plus stoppage time uh yeah it's very fun it's very very fast pace um uh fairly intense yeah, and then so one thing I was um, I was re- is uh, there uh, there was this article that was talking about how it's um, the game has been described as a bastion of humility. These players is it I don't know, is this true in in the they their numbers that they wear are 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 attributed to their position on the field rather than you know I would go on the team and I get to wear a number like forty two because I really like the number forty two. Is it true? Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh, sorry, I should know that off the top of my head, but it's been so long since I've actually played. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, 1 to 15 is regimented by what, where you play in the field. It's similar to rugby, like, obviously goalkeepers are always number one. I think that's the case, although I might be wrong. Don't yeah, hold me I to that, see- I'm sorry. I could see the world in which capitalism uh, stops doing that, <laughs> where uh, <laughs> you want to sell jersey numbers. So uh, you want to sell jerseys. So you have your your players with specific jersey numbers. Uh, and there's also yeah, there's also a huge tradition in in North America, obviously, of retiring jersey numbers. Um, which oh, uh, yeah. I think Futurama makes a great joke, where like eventually in the future people are going to have to be like uh, yeah. eighty four and a half, you know, because uh, yeah, that, like, that's like jersey numbers. That's that's a limited terms. That's a limited solution there. That's that's real yeah. short term thinking i think a lot of teams have started to do that uh they they will put numbers uh, on their like you know wall of excellence or whatever but they're they've stopped they've sl- they're slowing down in terms of retiring numbers but the yankees have a lot of numbers that are retired but uh i think that's interesting a lot of uh, so, yeah, so this like is for instance yes. number three is the fullback and number four is the right. left cornerback so yeah they are attributed to uh positions so that to me would say that. Uh, so uh, I, I, as I said before, I, I was getting into to a, a fair amount of football. Became a Liverpool fan a few years ago, right before they got good. I will say, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, a good time for you to become a Liverpool fan. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. We're on the, the, the shout out to Liverpool who won the FA Cup this week. Uh, yeah, so yeah. what's interesting to me is is um, uh, the the field is set by these uh, positions. There are obviously sports that that do this. Uh, hockey, uh, you know, you you have a center, two two wingers, two defensemen. Uh, football is very like regiment. Although you can play with that a little bit. It's very interesting yeah. to me that the that the fifteen positions are are pretty much um, set. But how much do you, can can coaches or teams sort of play within that system of having sort of uh, three backers, three, you know, three uh, halfbacks, two midfielders? Three three half forwards, three forwards. How much can, how much do teams and like sort of strategy come into playing within that system? Well, I guess you have to field one of every position, but you really only have to call them that. You don't necessarily have to act like that. Like if your right, right cornerback wants to go sprinting over to the other, uh, the other corner as often as he can for whatever reason, free to do that, but right. it'll get, ex- it'll get exploited. If, the, if, the coach or the manager or the banished store, as it would be in Irish, um, wants to make the fullback the main attacking threat of the team. 
you can do that if you want. You don't necessarily have to stick to anything. Um, right. But as far as positions go, yeah, they have to be down as something. And for the sake of, you know, okay, the case of everybody, usually players stick to their part of the pitch. But it's not uncommon for to have uh, a fullback or a right cornerback running the length of the pitch, getting to the halfway and then just knocking it over the bar. Okay, interesting. I was, um, I, I was interested. There is this... Um there is some stuff in baseball recently where they're they're uh, like like basically they've always had these positions right. You've had uh, your first base and second baseman, shortstop, third base, and and but teams have begun to shift um, where they'll you know they'll play all their mid they're all their infielders on one side of the right, and so they're experimenting with saying no, your players have to be uh, banning the shift essentially. So I was I was I was unsure whether this is like are they contained to something, but now you're saying like the right cornerback could. You know, run all the way up the pit. It's just like yeah. teams will then exploit, you know, or yeah, they, you know, better not lose the ball. Out, though, might, because, might not work out. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of space to be left undefended, and somebody yeah. will just run in a goal from then if they get the ball. Fair enough. Uh, so you showed me a game, uh, the the All Ireland final from last year it was Limerick and Cork. Um, mm-hmm. Limerick, you described as being currently uh, the best team um, in, in this in this league. Probably uh, is that also that presumed to be just the best hurling team in the world? Presumably, you would assume so, considering hurling is really only played at a higher level in Ireland. Um, yeah, um, Limerick and Cork for people who would know are names of counties in Ireland. Uh, um, I guess the closest equivalent that you can picture to people who aren't uh, up to date on Ireland geography is they're like uh-huh. the states of America. Yeah. Basically, we we have thirty two, uh, twenty six in the Republic, six in Northern Ireland, um, and so Cork and Limerick are both counties, so right. they're geographically linked to places. So and the players only come from those counties. Oh, really? Oh That's yeah, true. You, the, the one thing that I don't know if I stress is this is a fully one hundred percent amateur game. This is not professional in any yes, way, I shape, did, or form. I did see th- that is that is uh, very impressive to me that yeah. uh, an amateur, uh, a strictly amateur game, can have uh, like eighty thousand people uh, in a yep. stadium. That is that is incredible. Um, uh, it is. It was listed. I think uh, I don't know if it was. I can't remember if it was ESPN or CNN, which I know are two very different uh, uh, news or agencies. But it was one of them who listed this. I believe as uh, the f- the third or fourth thing that you should do if you're a sporting fan. This is one of the things you should go see is an All Ireland final. Uh, the atmosphere in the clip that in, so in, I thought. I thought honestly in both, and it's why it's it was even surprising to me to think that the first one um, had half the number of fans as the the second clip that in some because yeah it yep. was just this electric atmosphere that's very interesting that it that the players come from that um uh they come from that county oh yeah and it has to be it's a very and that kind of is why the support i guess is so fierce because it is where you're from it's very parochial uh, parochial it's from the parish so if you're born in cork you play for cork or uh, or and you have to go through the club scene as well like within every uh, county there are various different clubs based off the parishes of the town so there'd be Middletown in Cork is called Middleton there'd be a Middleton hurling club and the reason these little clubs can exist in every town and village all across the island of Ireland is because of the GAA Gaelic Athletics Association the money that is generated from the 82,000 tickets and all of this fanfare is, is pumped directly back into the clubs at a very grassroots level so 
that the whole thing was anybody who wants to play these games in Ireland will have a pitch, will have equipment, and will have time and coaches to go and play with it. And it, uh, and it builds it all the way up to that level. Well, I, I think this is a good segue into... So it's, a, it's so interesting that it's amateur. Um, uh, does, is there, does this come from some, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, Irish people have been fairly prosecuted in the history, uh, you know, uh, have, in, we? have you, yeah, I don't know. I, I think so. I, so I thought we've had it smooth sailing for yeah. centuries now. So, you know, the idea that they, that, that culturally this would be, you know, I mean, you talk about how this is like part of, of Gaelic sports in general of like trying mm-hmm. to maintain um, uh, Irish culture, um, and, and maintain it and foster it in a way that, you know, anybody can play, uh, that, uh, that, that is really neat, I think, to, to think of, yeah, let's try to, to maintain, uh, this culture and this thing that uh, unites us as, uh, us, uh, you folks as Irish people and and making sure that it's, it's, it's accessible. Um, that makes a lot of sense that that's how, how the history of the sport, you know, being, continues to be an amateur sport. Um, that makes, that makes sense, I think. Now, the really, really top players can sometimes get sponsorship deals and can make some very nice money, but now that they don't get paid. Um, so, so the what, what, uh, vast majority of players are teachers and okay. actors and wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's what that was my, my question was, yeah. What, what are these folks doing? Having another job? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're like they're full-time professionals usually. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, so uh I, I did want to so we were talking about Limerick being the being the best team. Uh at the moment. At the, at the moment. moment. At the moment. Uh what is it about Limerick at the moment that makes them such a good team uh in Hurling? What are they doing that's working? Um again, like I I hope there are no uh hurling experts listening to this in uh in Tipperary or Kilkenny. they they probably hate having a, an idiot like me describe the nuances of hurling. But um, for my money, I see them more as a unit. They work together far more cohesively. They, every time I see Limerick play at their highest strength, it feels like they have two or three extra players on the pitch. Um, right. There's always somebody free. There's always somebody making a run. There's always options for the person on the ball. I remember watching that game uh, last year. Because I am a Cork supporter, I'm a Cork fan, mm-hmm. I'm from Cork. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just amazed going like, how, how are they constantly two or three more players on my screen than there are Cork players? It's, it, like, it was insane to me. So I would say their work rate and skill level is off the charts. And it's wonderful as well, because historically Limerick weren't that. Historically, there were three main big teams four really uh, which were Cork Kilkenny and Tipperary uh, you could suppose you can kind of put Waterford and Clare in there in later years uh, but they were the big three and then Limerick have come not out of nowhere but in more recent years to be incredibly dominant which in my, for my opinion is always good for a sport for a team to be dominant or for a team to... For, no, for a, for new teams to be dominant, not I for it to constantly be the same teams. I'm just kind of trading titles left and forth, left and right. Yeah, I, I always think it's fun. I think it can be fun to to get to experience sort of like a, a dynasty in the moment. But but I think we're always sort of rooting for like, you know, new teams uh, to, to, to break to break yeah. through. Um, what is the season schedule? Um like uh, there's a lot of counties in in uh, that you pointed. There out, so. are, but not all of them play. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. They'll play till some level, but not really to a point. Uh, so split up into different championships. Uh, so as well as be, uh, Ireland being split up into counties, it's also split up into provinces. Uh, so there are four provinces in Ireland, Munster, Leinster, Connacht and Ulster. And there are different championships for each of them. And then through a very, very confusing system that I'm not going to get into. Um, there, uh, it's like the, 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 the the system of who plays who is just insanely complicated. Okay. Okay. Insanely complicated. The upshot is it ends up with a champion for each province, Munster champion, Ulster champion, uh, Leinster champion, etc., etc., and then All-Ireland champions. So the champions will go and eventually play with each other. Admittedly, because of said confusing system, uh, you don't have to win your provincial championship to go on and win the All-Ireland. There, are, there is a backdoor system, as they call it, that you can lose a provincial uh, title, but then go on to win an Ireland. It's weird, but it, it happens. Uh, kind of like, you know, what we have wild cards in North American sports. It kind of sounds similar to, to that. Um, I, my, my immediate thought was, um, so as you said that this is very regional based, you have to be, you should be your, your people play you. What if, what if you move? What if, what if I moved? I, I grew up in, in Limerick. Am I, am I, I always have to play for Limerick or if I move to uh, Wicklow, I can now play for Wicklow. I don't even know if they have a team. You'd, pr- you'd probably have to, pl- you'd have to play for your local club at that point. Play for your local club. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go through the club system, so uh, say you play in Cork and then for some reason have to move and go to Wicklow and you play. Hurling, they got a new job. Or they got a new, new job. job yeah. Or whatever it is. And you play in a local club and you play through that club. I don't know what the eligibility rules are, but I would imagine if you're playing for a, a local club, you, you can play for the uh, the local county team. Okay. Uh, but I, I would imagine the internal politics and that would be something. God, I, do, I, I wouldn't even want to deal with the internal politics of the GAA. That's right. <sighs> uh, two weeks ago, uh, I, jo- I kind of jokingly, but now I feel like also committed to, to picking an Australian rules football team, um, yeah. which uh, I kind of got laughed at. Uh, every time I said I was a fan of the uh, Peter laughed at me, but I do kind of feel some obligation to now pick a team. And I have to say, uh, Aiden, I have very, very strong ties to the city of Dublin. Uh, not, not okay. wise, uh, but I think I was explaining to you, I have a, I have a very sentimental reason, uh, why I love of the course. city of Dublin. Um, and so I, I feel like I'd have to pick Dublin. How is the Dublin hurling team? <laughs> not great. You, oh, you picked the wrong, on. you picked the wrong Gaelic game in Gaelic oh. football. Dublin are, Utterly dominant, or were up until very recently. Is that uh, is there a, hurling? Hurling. They play. Don't get me wrong. They play, yeah, but they're they not. They're, they're they so feel the team. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they they exist. They're there. <laughs> do um do uh, uh is that a thing? Is uh you know perhaps I'll have to have you back at some point to talk about Gaelic football. Gaelic but football is, is a great one. Yeah. Is there is that a thing where where teams kind of end up being you, you kind of like your resources are spent on Gaelic football versus oh, being spent on hurling? Time. So big, Dublin big happens to be a much bigger Gaelic football region than it would be a hurling region, and perhaps hugely, elsewhere, hugely. somewhere else. In fact, there's very few counties that would field both at a very high level. Uh, Cork attempts it, but I think their resources are a little bit uh, spent. Uh, Kilkenny is another place. Kilkenny and Tipperary are hurling. You play hurling there. You very rarely play Gaelic football. Right. Um, Galway's a bit of both. Um, Clare now is a bit of both. So there are a few, but for the most part, a county will lean one way or the other way in, in, in sport. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then, of course, there's soccer, 
which takes up a huge amount. Like the, right. when you're picking a, a sport to play to a high level in Ireland, there are an enor- there's an enormous amount of choices. Uh, so right. everybody here plays soccer. You just a kick about is just normal. Then there's the two main Gaelic games in hurling and Gaelic football, uh, and then uh, rugby, which uh, Ireland right. are, are quite relevant in now. So uh, that's becoming more and more of a sport. So there's a huge variety to play. So and there's only so many people on our little island. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, not a huge population, but um, it's so. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. I mean, that was the thing last week we were talking about Australian rules football was um, to have something sort of that's so like owned by 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 the country and and for everyone to sort of uh, unite around it. It's really cool. The 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 game was really cool. Um, uh, hey, there's an Irish influence to that as well. Yes, uh, I, I don't know if it was mentioned, but there was a, a new sport made a max a miss mix up between Australian rules football and Gaelic football, which I believe is oh. called International Rules. It was one of the weirdest, most intensely physical, fun sports that ever existed. I think they played about seven or eight matches and then just stopped doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I was looking up, there are leagues, uh, certainly uh, there are North American, uh, like nothing nothing huge, but they're, uh, I think there's specifically a, um, uh, a New York league and, a, and then a North American league in a canadian uh league so if this is of any interest to you if you watch some stuff on on youtube watch any of the clips um you might be able to find some people maybe near issue depending on where you live uh to try out playing some some hurling um it could be fun oh yeah i mean if you get the opportunity to get a hurley and a schlitter in your hand have a go there's very few more satisfying feelings than cleanly striking a schlitter with a hurley oh it's amazing it's really cool. We probably the fields would be the big. The field is huge. Uh, I it's said at the beginning, big. it's double the size of a football field. It, it, it's huge. It's gigantic. Well, uh, it has to be. Do you see how far they're hitting that thing? And there's a lot of them on the pitch. True. That's true. Uh, there are yeah, fifteen of them on each side. Yeah, so like thirty people on the on the pitch. It's huge. Um, all right. I guess the last thing I'd want to know is like, what are the big stories happening uh, in, in hurling at the moment? Any like you know player stories? Uh, anything you're particularly following? So, so uh, where are we in the the season? Uh, we're very sorry. early. We're, we're early. Very days. early. Uh, mm-hmm. Very early days. Uh, only a couple of weeks into it now. Uh, one of the first games I watched was a replay of the final from last year, Cork and Limerick, uh, which Limerick once again won, but not in as convincing a fashion. It's fairly, okay. fairly. It was pretty convincing, but not as convincing. So mm-hmm. I don't. I am. I, um, I think the big question is who's stopping Limerick at the moment. We're waiting for a team like Kilkenny, who are historically the greatest team of all time, to kind of come good again. But they haven't for a while. Maybe Tipperary. Okay. Who knows? So who can stop Limerick? It's the. It's the I think of the season. Yeah, and getting back to enjoying full stadiums again, as you said, the yeah. last. Um, uh, All Ireland Championship was in Crow Park, which holds eighty-two thousand people. Ireland's biggest stadium, and it was only roughly half filled. I think there was about forty-two thousand people there, but you still felt the atmosphere there. I think people are waiting to get back and have an All Ireland or a Munster Leinster Championship, a big game in a full stadium. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a huge thing in Ireland at the moment. I was recently at a rugby game last week. And I was in the Aviva Stadium. There was 40-odd thousand people there. And that feeling of being at a mass event again, particularly a sporting event, I haven't had it in, well, since since around March of 2020, there thereabouts. Yeah. Um, 
I am waiting. Yeah, uh, that was huge. That was huge. The, the Toronto Blue Jays they play in a in a in a dome because we live in Canada and it's cold in the spring. So uh, <laughs> uh, they still tend not to open the 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 roof until about the end of May. Uh, but once the roof is open and I no longer have COVID, uh, I would like to go uh, see a Blue Jays game uh, with the the roof being opened, have some nice fresh air, and go watch my favorite sport, baseball. So I'm with you. I feel like the excitement of people. Um, Returning back to uh, sports, if if you feel safe and comfortable to do so, um, is definitely oh, something course. I'm excited to to do. Um, I very quickly wanted to touch because uh, touch on this because um, I like to just just make sure uh, there is a female equivalent of this game, but it, it, it goes by a different name. Kamogi, Kamogi, Kamogi. Yeah, I was I, I was gonna try and dive on that name for you because I was like, that's gonna be a difficult one. <laughs> I I read the I I googled the like how to pronounce it, and I say it was a Kamji, but no, it's Kamogi. Kamogi, yeah, Kamogi. I'm not. A, I'm not in a fan of it. I think it's uh, on. I think it's a sport that doesn't need to exist. You don't need another name for a game that is played in the exact same way. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm, I I don't know if there's uh, a history uh, of that. Of uh, <laughs> yes, the, there is. And if you want to get into the history, we're going to delve back into that whole. Oh yes, Irish history is just outstanding and wonderful because you know we're going to have to be bringing the Catholic Church into it at this point. Oh, I see, I see. But so, of like, uh, it's not like you know. Obviously, like the annoying. I think the annoying thing in like North America is when it's like uh, we have the National Basketball Association and then we have the Women's National Basketball. So like we have to like put the like the men get the NBA. But the women have to like be the W. Well, have that W in front of it. Yeah. But what, that's the one thing. But I, it's not like uh, no. That's not is basketball. That better, is that better and worse than saying no? What you're playing is a completely different sport. different sport. Probably, probably, it's probably not as bad. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, uh, a full different, a full different uh, sport. It just it's it just it's a very is there even really different rules. Nope. Uh, no, okay. uh, I'm, I, once again, I'm sure there are people who will tell me the exact nuanced differences. But as far as I can see, in watching a game, there is an enormous amount of difference. Oh, I do see a very, one. I do, I see a very. This is very. The whole you, you obviously have to change the name. Players must wear skirts or skirts. Yep, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got to have a skirt or a skirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I don't want to end on a. On yeah, a downer. So please so, don't leave it there. Yeah. So uh, give us one thing again. I said like, uh, what are you? What are you most excited about? Uh, you said obviously getting back to stadiums, but any anything? Are there any like milestones? We were chatting last week about there was a player in the uh, or two weeks ago this year in football who had uh, scored his hundredth uh, uh, the score, which like hundredth. Uh, I can't remember now. I'm very sorry, Peter, if you're listening. Uh, yeah. Just anything else you're looking forward to this this season? Uh, I do you think I remember hearing about that Australian, like one of the all time greatest scores. Peter thinks he's going to be the last one to ever do it and I can, and now I can't remember what it is but yeah. Um there very well might be but none is springing to mind. The, the biggest oh, question right. that I'm looking forward to is you mentioned the term dynasty and that is kind of the hype that's growing around this Limerick team. Uh they've won 3 of the last 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all young and they show absolutely no sign of slowing down. Um, oh, so what is the life? No, that's that's morbid too. But what's the, the life? What's the life career? expectancy of? A, well, like a career of a career. Are there, are there guys who are playing oh, in there? You uh, you can go as long as your body lets you. Really, okay. uh, late thirties. Uh, there have been players that have gone into their forties. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
Uh, the other thing I'll just say very quick, uh, you know, uh, I very much enjoyed, I was able to watch these like games, um, on, on YouTube. I'm not sure how many other games that was like the, the all Ireland final from last year seemed to have been uploaded, uh, to YouTube. Not entirely sure how many other games, um, you'll find, but, but in if you have other recommendations of games, people, you know, might be able to watch, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, we could, we could try to throw some of those, uh, out there's there a good few. Well. Um, mm. if you get to RTE or, uh, Radio Television, which is, uh, the state broadcaster if you access that via any I don't know app or uh, VPN that says you're in Ireland you can watch an enormous amount of the sports it's all there from every level from club level all the way up to the All-Irelands so if you are interested and I kind of do recommend you are because hurling is just a fantastic fantastic sport unique in its own ways wonderfully culturally significant uh, historically significant I mean I, I think, Grace, you alluded to this. Historically, this goes all the way back to mythological heroes play this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is quite literally the, the sport of the old gods. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, yeah. There's a uh, game there. There's stories of fairies playing this. Cuchulain and Satan, uh, or Satanta, as he was, playing these great ancient games. And it's weird when you're growing up in Ireland and reading this mythology. And then you can pick up your own hurley and go out and play the game you just read about in this myth- mythological story where people are killing giants. Like the great one of the great mythological stories in Ireland is uh, Balor of the One Eye. He was the Cyclops, and how he was defeated was somebody or Cuchulain hit a um, a slitter into his eye. <laughs> that was, wow. um, this was from thousands of years ago. I was like, well, okay, now off I go playing that sport. Yeah, there's this, uh, this is interesting. There's, uh, you and, you and I play some Dungeons and Dragons together. Yes, uh, we and, w- and one of my games, not the game we play together, I play a character called, uh, the, the, is a furbog. And, um, uh, there I'm reading this, uh, text that's talking about, uh, the earliest reference to hurling appears to be made in about 1272 BC at the Battle of Moitura, uh, a mythological location where the furbogs were protecting their place, um, in a battle and they, pre- they challenged the invaders to hurling contest uh yeah so that sounds about first sounds about right yeah the first uh, record that's so cool that's that's amazing yeah. um that's probably i don't, I, I don't like, know yeah. i don't know if they marked out the pitch in the same way i don't know if they had as many players i don't know oh, what this the is, uh, rules 20, were back then 27 people on each side that's this one said in the historical battle um but i think that's a fun place to end it uh hey, thanks so much for joining me this was this was fantastic this was great Okay, sorry, uh, I, I lost you there for a split second. You're just back now. Oh, I'll uh, I'll just go back. I said, uh, Aiden, this was uh, great. Thanks so much for coming on. This was so fun. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Any excuse to chat away about um, uh, Irish culture, and, and in, in this particular case, it's hurling. It's one of my favorite things to share with people who aren't familiar with it because it's genuinely impressive. I've never <laughs> met somebody who doesn't go, whoa, whoa. When I show them hurling for the first time, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, I'll have you. We'll have to come back on for some more uh, some of the other uh, Gaelic games at some point. In the meantime, oh, and if you're ever uh, talking yes. rugby, if you're ever talking rugby, and you need you need another I, mouth, I'm here. I have been. I've ha- I do have rugby on my list of sports that I would like to cover relatively soon. So perhaps uh, Aiden's voice uh, will be in your ears sooner rather than later. In the meantime, if uh, people are interested in uh, listening or. or you know, getting to know you more, where, where can people find you? I suppose the main place that I hang out on the internet is the post show uh, recaps discord. Um, so I very occasionally go outside the D and D section. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I occasionally peek out of there. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's really it. Um, I'm unfortunately one of these people who isn't on Twitter or Instagram or any 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 of the social medias. You uh, you you play Dungeons and Dragons with myself on our I friend do. D Philly's a Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash DM Philly. Uh, every so often on a Friday night, uh, a Friday night for me is like the middle of the night. <laughs> time difference, uh, we play uh, this little Dungeons Dragons game based on a, it's a game called Humblewood, which is we play little furry creatures. Uh, Aiden plays a, a hedgehog named Quilliam with a Welsh <laughs> accent. So that sounds delightful to you. Come watch because it very much is. You catch it's the, the cutest on, show on Twitch. Yeah, you can catch the replays on Philly's uh, Twitch stream. All right. Thank Thank you so much for joining me and this is great you're so very welcome anytime absolutely anytime welcome back to our next segment is game on i'm joined by the one and only mike bloom hi mike take me up to the bloom <laughs> game i don't think that even makes sense that's but- good uh, do, do, do they sing that anymore at baseball stadiums yeah yeah uh really? yeah yeah, um, the my Toronto Blue. Uh, um, wow, I can't believe we're going to do this whole thing when I could have just made you be a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> well, that uh, would have been your finger, like not only your yeah. finger, your entire hand yeah. on a scale. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I know. I was talking to Jordan Kalish because Jordan Kalish, notorious game master creator, uh, about this idea, and he said, uh, he said, well, you're never going to let him pick the Yankees. So I'll let him pick the Yankees. I'll, if he ends up picking the Yankees, he can pick the Yankees. Uh, so Jordan Kalish thinks that I'm going to have my hand on the on the on the. <laughs> you know, uh, scales, but I will not, I will not. Uh, but yeah, lots of teams still sing, take me out to the ball game, typically in the seventh inning. Um, so yeah. Great. Uh, the, yeah. The Do Cubs you- often have a celebrity sing, take me out to the ball game. There's like a bunch of traditions. Like, yeah. like a local celebrity or like a renowned, like someone with a, a star on the Hollywood walk of fame. Every time I see the clip of it, it's very, it's someone very famous, but I imagine with like 82 ga- or 81 yeah. games at home every year. Like, yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> like, varies. Oh, Here's the 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 guy who saved that person in the subway yeah, like ten right. years ago. We're gonna say, yeah. take me out to the ball game. It's interesting because I don't know. Like, does Gen Z know the words to take me out to the ball game? Has that? I I think so. I don't. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Bill Murray is a big customer. I've seen him sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" uh, oh, yeah. many a times. Um, yeah. Yeah, they okay. it. the Toronto Blue Jays have their own song called OK Blue Jays, which is the corniest song. And I love it. I'll send you a clip. That's I would love to. Yeah. OK, is it like a take on O Canada? No, it's uh, OK no. Blue Jays. <laughs> OK, OK, Blue Jays, Blue Jays. Let's play ball. It's so cheesy I, and I love it. That feels yeah. with with no disrespect, uh, incredibly Canadian and in that it's yeah. not like let's go Blue Jays. It's like, OK. You okay, Blue right. Jays. All blue right. Jays. Let's play ball. Yes, uh, it's <laughs> not even about the Blue the Jays. Minimum. Uh, uh-huh. I do want at some point. I'm very. I, I'm trying to scout out somebody who's been to every stadium because I think baseball. Is, there's a lot of sports in it, but baseball is so unique in the sense that like every stadium is different. They all have these different. Like there's so much downtime in games, so they all yeah. have these like uh traditions and we you know the uh is it the milwaukee brewers have sausages running around uh this the washington nationals have like former presidents racing it's oh, all yeah. so silly and i just want to talk about all of it uh yeah, food. I, I feel, yeah i feel like baseball seems like more of a i don't know like a sideshow than football at this point maybe it's because like football pl- is played in environments that are usually like cold which i think fosters this more like intense huddled mentality mm-hmm. whereas baseball is like 
I don't know, rock out with those running sausages out. Like, just like, hey, drink a beer. It, you can wander around for three hours and come back in an inning and a half full of past. It's okay. It's, it's the downtime, Mike, which is actually my people say that baseball is slow and boring, but I think it's a very social game. You can chit chat, you can talk between every pitch, uh, but there's a lot of downtime in baseball and they have to fill that with things uh, to keep you entertained at the stadium. I love it. And I completely agree. So I guess as we sort of like segue into like why this is the reason for the season. So like my yeah. own personal history with baseball is fairly short to your point. Like as a kid, especially, you know, I grew up in an intersectional Mets Yankees household. Uh, you know, my dad, my dad grew up in the Bronx. So like, uh, but like, uh, like a hop, skip and a jump away from Queens. So like more Yankees than Mets, I would say, but still like yeah. if it's from New York, we're, we're rooting for them. Uh, but I would say that my my like reception of it is very similar to what you said, right? Like it's long, it's boring. I mean, I certainly got like a couple of MLB games, uh, you know, on the GameCube that I played when I was oh, growing yes. up. But like uh, I was not venturing much outside of that, even though like my cousins were were very much into baseball, like played throughout the entire thing. Uh, but as I've gotten a bit older, a bit grayer in the temples, uh, I just love the patience with which baseball has. Uh, I just love this idea. Maybe it's because the rest of my life is so fast paced that I'm like, mm -hmm. I get to just like chill out for a few hours and like get a drink, get some food and just casually watch these guys throw a ball around, uh, sometimes like taking two minutes between things. That's great. I get to catch yep. up with people. I think you saying it's a social thing makes a lot of sense. Whereas like yeah. in football, the attention's largely directed towards the action that's constantly happening on screen. Uh -huh. Baseball, I feel like I could, I don't know, I could probably like have a meeting happen while I'm watching a baseball game. It's a, I'm, a nice multitasker. I'm often doing something else while I'm watching a baseball game. I'm often do it playing a video game or what you know, playing a game and have the baseball game. And the best thing about it is is it's slow paced enough where like you will see the thing happen and then there is enough time for them to fully replay the thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, so you never really miss anything. Uh, and, 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 yeah. and I love, I mean, it's gotta be such a big exercise for the announcers, right? Cause like being uh -huh. a sports broadcaster, I've, I've realized this more as like, I don't know if you call what we're doing broadcasting, uh, quite literally podcasting, but yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's tough to sort of fill time with like relatively gripping conversation. Now imagine it where to your point, like a pitch happens and you're like, all right, I have another 45 seconds to fill. Uh, what mm -hmm. else? What did you know? He does not cut his fingernails <laughs> on until Tuesday afternoon. Yes. Uh, and like, that's the stuff you have to do of just trying to keep something going, keep some sort of conversation happening, even if it's a bit like stream of consciousness. Well, this is it. We're like, uh, you're hitting all the topics that I want to do in future pods. Which oh, I, uh, Tom Brady recently uh, was big news. He announced that he, uh, when he retires, he is going to go into broadcasting. He already yes. signed his deal and he's going to make more money as a broadcaster before he's even retired than he is as a starter. He's actually taking a pay cut to be a, a quarterback in the NFL, which is uh, wild. So uh, to, just it, to clarify, yeah. he mm -hmm. said he was going. Yeah, he said he was retiring. Now, but yep. then came back and said, yes. I'm good with this reduced salary. Yes. And on top of that, I'm going to get a bigger salary and I'll see my kids when they graduate high school, assuming yep, like that's, that's sort of what Tom Brady is kind of yep. indicating at this moment. Yep. Uh, so I want to talk about broadcasting at some point uh, yeah. on, on the off speed podcast. Uh, so yeah, look out for that uh, in your earbuds in the future. But yeah, Mike, the goal here is to find you a team and I have conducted, I uh, figured out the silliest way to find you an MLB team, which hopefully will narrow down the field and you can make like an actual pick. But, but I, I've developed, uh, well, I did two things. So mm -hmm. one, 
Um, I put you, Mike Bloom, into one of my favorite video games of all time, Out of the Heart Baseball. I put you into the simulator uh, as a as a baseball player and simulated your entire career as if you oh, were. Oh, wow. Yeah. The I mean, I was going to say as if you were one of the greatest baseball players, as if you just chose the wrong path. If you had a gun, this is what your your other path, my you God. know, sliding doors moment. Yeah, this um, is my, my yeah. multiverse, right? If yeah, I was that's a right. baseball player. I mean, big, big, big deal in the movies right now is multiverses. They love Yeah, them. listen, yeah. Uh, listen, the cleat is on the other foot right now because like, <laughs> uh-huh. listen, I've done all these simulations uh, you know, I, I I guess I helped bring Brant Steele into our shared podcast That's universe, true. and now I'm someone who has to be the subject of a simulation. It finally happened after all true. these years. That's true. Uh, and then I have a little BuzzFeed quiz where after we talk about your baseball, I, I feel like the, the simulation, we'll see if it sways your opinion at all as to who you end up picking. Um, but, then, then I have, but then I have a sort of a BuzzFeed type quiz. We're going to narrow down. I have six questions. We'll narrow you down to six teams, and then we'll figure out which team uh, Mike Bloom is a, is a supporter of. Yeah. yeah. So the okay. thing is, I guess the question is when it comes to the simulation, like how dramatic does it get? Like, do it, does it talk about like who I, who do I marry? Who do I, like, does, what, does, what, what drugs does, do I abuse? <laughs> yeah. You, you don't, it's a surprise. Yeah. I don't, the game just has not yet built in like uh, P, P, B, D suspensions. Uh, the one thing I was, I was annoyed by is there is like, there are events where like you could get in a fight and get suspended. And it, oh. when, unfortunately, when you, that, the news events don't save. Uh, so I only have like your career stats and like major stories. Oh, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I, that was, what I was hoping for is that like you would get in the fight with like Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I wanted, I wanted that to happen, but it didn't, it didn't actually, uh, maybe that's the other, other multiverse version of myself yeah. is like got kicked out like in his, in his third major league game after he like, I don't know, stomped on someone's head on the pitcher's yeah. mound. No. So I say you're a player. I did not mess with your, the stats. I, I put you in as a player. And then I just told the game, you have super high potential. That's what I told the game is you have the most potential. All right. Um, and so, wow. You're the first person to tell me that in my life. Thank you. <laughs> um, so my favorite part at the beginning is it puts you in and then in the MLB draft, so you get drafted by a team, but you don't okay. have to choose to sign with them. You could instead oh. say, no, I'm going to, co- I'm going to go back to college. And so you get drafted by the Baltimore Orioles and they're like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to Clemson university. So the, the game, the game just sent you to Clemson U- university. You idiot. What's yeah. wrong with you? you well, so you signed the deal with the Orioles and you went back to Clemson. To be fair, you, this would have been like the the time period in which you would have like ended up playing for the Baltimore. They were like relatively good. I think actually in the simulation they do end up winning a World Series or two. Um, uh, a great relief to real Baltimore Royals fans who have not won mm-hmm. in a long time. But yeah, you decided to go to Clemson University in South Carolina instead. You were like, I guess I gotta I gotta go. I gotta go play there, baseball for Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, is Clemson famous for its baseball? Why did I choose? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You just went, it just, the thing says you went to Clemson University. I don't know. Oh my God. So well, you I, were, I, I yeah. thought I value education above all, but I don't know if, if I, real me values education above like certain things. I don't know. This was a, perhaps you took a broadcasting class. Maybe they're known for oh. the, so you could, when you retire, like Tom Brady, you can end up being a broadcaster. Uh, I'm uh, seeing perhaps. the long game of like, mm-hmm. listen, I'll go to mm-hmm. broadcasting school, then become a baseball player to then become a broadcaster broadcaster when i retire i make even more money that's right uh so you are the number so by the time you finish at clemson university you're the number one prospect in all of baseball so you end up getting drafted in the first round number one overall 
by the <gasps> Texas Rangers, Mike Bloom. Okay, all right, making my way a little bit south there uh-huh. from Baltimore, at least. Okay, so I guess I'll, I, they nurtured the seed a little bit. I thought like this thing needs a little bit more time in the oven. This boy, let me bake yeah. for four yeah. more years, and then I come out number one draft pick. And so. Uh, What's what was like the Rangers uh, reputation? Was this me being like, I can pull this team up by its bootstraps? Or well, was it like they're 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 the all stars. If they have the number one draft pick, it means they're the worst team in the league. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh, well, I do love a challenge. Okay. But I mean, typically the like lifespan of a rebuild is like, you know, somewhere in the, you know, if, if you're rebuilding for more than five years, that's probably mm-hmm. not great. So, you know, depending on how fast you get called up, you know, you you have you uh, teams get control over you for at least six years uh so you know you're well within perhaps by the time you get called up you're well within you know the time frame in which they could have a bit of a turnaround and you're the number one prospect in all of baseball so yeah uh, <laughs> here's the first signing doors moment do you want to know what your signing bonus was for signing with oh, the Texas rangers yes please just a, a, a little quick 1.8 mil you signed with the Texas Rangers oh for that was your signing bonus. All right, I yeah. better pick up a bat now and start swinging. <laughs> That's the money I could be making. Watch out, Clemson! I'm going back to school. Clemson, are you accepting applications? You're mm. accepting applications from 32 year old podcasters who yeah. are apparently star baseball players in a different world. Yeah. So you actually, that's in, uh, I think that's in 2008. It takes you a few years to get called up to the major leagues, but you do end up getting called up in uh, April of 2011. So they actually, this is very weird. They did not call you up at the beginning of the season. Like we're going to wait a few days and then we're going to call you up. That's interesting. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I, I mean, theoretically, yeah, I was, uh, I was about, I was 21, about to turn 22. uh, What happens? Is that like the hot spot for... For ages for baseball players? Yeah, I mean, like the peak of typically somebody's career is like their late twenties ish uh, mm-hmm. would be like their their peak years, and typically. So then, if you again, this like I mean, we're going to get into baseball semantics here, but teams sort of are trying to like figure out uh, some of them, depending on if they're a small market team, trying to sort of like figure out how to keep you under contract. You know, where you're not going to make like a free agent, you're going to then go and be able to make money if you're very good. So they want to keep you under that like team control years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like when you're in your late twenties, so this kind of makes sense that you would be. Yeah, like 22-ish when you make the major leagues. There's some like um, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays currently have a player, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who got called up when he was 19. Uh, there, There is like sort of a wave of young players that got called up in their sort of like teens or like, like you know, 20, 21. Um, 22 is pretty pretty normal. Yeah. So they, they didn't they didn't choose to go to Clemson instead? No, no. Yeah, they delayed their growth here. Uh, you get your first ever hit on April 18th, 2011 uh, against the Los Angeles Angels off Irvin Santana. Yeah. Your first F home o- run. Yeah. F off Angels. Here yeah. I come. Okay. Well, I guess you're not an Angels fan. You get your first uh-huh. home run off of the Kansas City Royals on April 24th, 2011. You, you do well. And you get your first walk-off hit against the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, sweet, sweet. I don't say revenge because yeah. I turned them down, but like, yes. I guess. Uh, so wait, so what position do I play? Third base. You told me you wanted to play third. Base. Oh, right. I wanted to play third base. Cause I, so, so the reason I gave is because like, I, t- I didn't want that much pressure on me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so I was like, nobody ever gets to third base. It's fine. <laughs> they're, they're not going to throw that many balls at me. Like this, the rare triple is very rarely hit. So like, I'm oh. okay. I'll chill out. I'll, I'll talk with the third base coach because he's right there. I like that you imagine the the ball only comes to you if it gets thrown to you, uh, whereas baseball is a sport in which people hit the ball all over the field. <laughs> no, listen, they didn't, they didn't teach me that at Clemson, okay? Listen, I can, I, 
Let me tell you something, though. You, in your first year, you not only win Rookie of the Year, you also win the Gold Glove, which is for oh the best God. defensive player uh, in the MLB. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm the best third baseman this league has ever seen. I picked my position well. That's right. Uh, you spend many, many years with Texas, and you are, like, phenomenal. And Texas, like, makes the playoffs a bunch, but they never win the World Series. They actually, Aww. I don't even think make the World Series with you as you're <laughs> on the team. Uh, but you spend one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years with what? Texas. I mm-hmm. spent a decade with the Texas Rangers? I, yes. I don't think my skin would fare well in Texas, let alone a decade of it. I believe you uh, very early on in your... So, so then, again, we're going to go back to like baseball contracts so basically the first three years that you're uh, a player most most often you're under like the league minimum they can basically pay you whatever they want basically mm-hmm. uh as long as it's above league minimum and typically you get like a salary bump every year and then your last three years it's known as arbitration so if you can't agree to a deal both you and the team submit a number which you say this is how much i'm worth the team says this is how much you're worth and then an arbiter decides which of those two numbers is right and they never say like no we'll meet right in the middle it's like either the team wins or the player wins Uh, so it's very risky to do you decide to forego all of that by just like signing a massive extension uh with the with the uh (laughs) i I don't want to deal with all that i've got podcasts to record like i'll just i'll just sign for i'll sign away my life to the texas Rangers. I, i do think you make like a ton i think it's like a huge contract i think it's like you're making like over 20 million dollars a year so it's you know it's pretty good but you but know. i'm assuming by the time we get to like my 10th season I'm a, I'm a little long in the tooth right i'm sure that analysts are calling me like old man bloom sitting on third base no you're great you're really great even up until you're i put you as a max and it like yeah uh even in your last year uh with texas you have the most hits in the league you have the highest batting average in the oh my league god yeah so you're great so you not only there's a lot of players who uh in, in the history of mlb will like uh will sort of try to bank you want to bank in on the one big contract you want to be good mm-hmm. enough where mm-hmm. you can bank in your contract and then somebody signs you for like eight years and by the time you're in that like last year of that contract like yeah you're the last like two three years you're like definitely being overpaid uh teams have like overpaid to like get you in the prime of your career you sign one massive contract uh with the texas rangers and then even at the end of that massive contract, you then head into free agency and you sign with the Minnesota Twins for, I believe, an eight year extension again worth like a hundred, couple hundred. Wow. Million well, listen, I, yeah. I miss snow after all those years. I wanted to experience it again. Yeah. You're like, uh, no, no Texas. Let's go to Minnesota up up north uh so yeah you you play i think like seven years with minnesota and then uh you're definitely like waning off you're definitely not not as good as you used to be <laughs> the wheels are falling off the car to smidge it's been a while maybe the texas was what was uh, uh yeah. what was making me the best i could be yeah so by the time your your contract runs out with minnesota as you're 37 years old you're still playing well ish you're just not playing a ton and you sign one last contract with the cleveland guardians for one year you end up playing in uh, 39 games. You only start four of those games and then they're like, yeah, I think we're going to cut you. And they, Oh, and they, no. And they, so really limping across the finish line. I'm like, let's yeah. put it, send him to the glue factory. Yeah, but don't worry. So that's 2028. So we're in the future okay. now. Right that now. was your last year. You end up retiring at the end of the 2028 season after Cleveland cuts you. And then five years later, you are a Without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, ninety nine point four percent of the uh, uh, Baseball Association. Oh, writers. I bet those point six percent fans are the Orioles fans. That's the what Orioles it's fans. Be. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you end up playing more than 2,500 games in the MLB. You end up with more than 3,000 hits, 448 home runs. Uh, you have quite the career. Yeah. Holy moly. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm so, I don't know. I feel grateful, but also uh, not to say that my own life is not fantastic. I feel a little sad though with the prospect of like, well, I could have played uh, essentially the lifespan of an entire child before they turn into <laughs> an adult in the, in the major league baseball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You won a lot of gold gloves, a lot of silver slugger awards. You were a, an all-star. You were great. You're great. Wow. Yeah, that's it. So Texas, and then you go to Minnesota and you play one, not so great year in Cleveland. Oh, okay. So I have, to, I have to keep these in mind because yeah. I mean, listen, you know, our multiversal selves, I think are, are things we need to incorporate into our own decision-making. So definitely to give this, yeah. a, and maybe this means that the Orioles have to stay far away from them. Cause it's like, clearly yeah, my other the self, Orioles. Yeah. there was some bad juju going on with the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles, and like, I should be, be able to have that judgment as well. Yeah, you never win a World Series. It's probably the most unfortunate thing that happens oh. uh, to you. You you never win. Uh, the the Baltimore Orioles do end up winning uh, a bunch of World Series. 2015, they ran three years in a row from 20, uh, 2019, 2020, 2021, and then in 2023. Uh, so I feel like might have been a mistake that the sign with the Baltimore. Perhaps you should actually be a Baltimore uh, Orioles now, fan. Now I'm now I'm regretting yeah. this. I'm like, you idiot! I'm going circling back around again. What are you doing? You turned them yeah. down to go to Clemson. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a fun experiment. I, I wanted to simulate your career. Uh, th- that's that. But let's play this game I have. Mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. sort of BuzzFeed quiz, um, and we're going to narrow down your options to six teams. Apologies to anybody who thinks in some way this is unfair uh, that I'm going to eliminate your team based on a very silly question. Um, so the first question, Mike, I just need you to pick one of these five colors, uh, blue, red, white, brown, or, or pinstripes, <laughs> notorious color pinstripes. Yeah, pinstripes is not a color. It's okay. not a color, but I, Mike, it was very hard to come up with uh, six questions with five answers each that all matched perfectly with MOB teams. <laughs> okay. So what red, blue, white, brown, brown or pinstripes. pinstripes. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go, I mean, I guess I got to go pinstripes. I got to go with something that sticks out here. Okay. What the best color is not a color at all. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. uh, Oh, I did not tell you this. The game, the out of the park baseball, it actually did give you. So uh, when I created you, it automatically had a nickname assigned and I, I was delighted by it and I didn't, so I didn't change it. Uh, Before you even get drafted, you're known as the crash test. Oh no. What? Why? I don't know. I got in my head, I guess maybe you're like this third baseman who like, you know, dies for the ball and does all this. My assumption is that I just have gotten, over the course of my 18 years with the MLB, maybe the reason why I was really petering off at the end is because I've had a lifetime of <laughs> balls getting hit at me, just like constantly getting beamed by these. And I basically have the mental repository of a crash test dummy. I guess. Uh, sorry, I'm actually going to jump back. So this next question is about a nickname, uh, even okay. though the game already gave you one, but I'm going to jump back. So uh, I actually chose, people might be surprised. I did not chose the New York Yankees for the pinstripes because I needed to put them elsewhere. I actually picked the Chicago Cubs. So the Chicago Cubs will be in oh. contention as one of your favorite teams. Uh, blue, I had the Toronto Blue. Blue Jays, unfortunately, they're eliminated. Red being the Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox being the team that was white, and Brown, the only team that wears brown in the MLB, the San Diego Padres. Uh, unfortunately, oh. those teams are now out of contention, unfortunately. Oh, no. I, You've been eliminated. Yeah. All right. Your baseball nickname, what would you pick out of these five names? Uh, you can be the big unit. So oh. it's very Mike Bloom appropriate. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Mikey Hustle, oh, the what? killer, the crime dog, 
or the M train? If you had to pick one of these nicknames, oh, what would you so pick? these are really good. Uh, I will say the crime dog Scruff McGruff has that has that territory uh-huh. locked out, and I do not uh-huh. want to anger him. So I'm going to eliminate crime dog. Okay. Eliminate killer. I think that's the most basic out of the five. So now I'm between M train. What were the other two? Mikey Hustle, the big unit, which is very Mike Bloom. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm like now. I know. I know. Again, I don't want to talk about like hand on the scale here, but like I think. I, I think it's gotta be I I, I can't unit? not shirk this. I'm not gonna cleanse yeah. in this, Grace. It's gotta sure. be a big unit. Sure. Uh so the M train that's based off of the D train, Don Charles Willis, who played for the Miami Marlins. We've eliminated them. Oh, okay. uh, Mike Hustle. Some people might do uh, uh, Pete Rose was known as uh, uh Charlie Hustle. I don't Oof. understand that one. Uh he played for the Philadelphia Phillies for years. He's most known for playing for the Cincinnati Reds, but I, I put him in there as a Philly. Um cr- crime dog, there was a guy at Fred McGriff. Played for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, so he was called the Crime Dog. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so lame. Your yeah. last name sounds like the name of this other Fred character, McGruff. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, Harmon Killebrew was known as the Killer for the Minnesota Twins, but Randy Johnson was known as the Big Unit. Uh, played oh. for many teams, including the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we have the Arizona Diamondbacks as one of your. Okay, teams, I, I right. do recall that. That was one of the the rare like baseball World Series that I do remember. Is old little string bean with his mustache, Randy yeah. Johnson playing. He killed a bird the once. Back. Oh, you see that? you seen that video? No, he pitches I'm, why and, he, was and, he, he, and a hit. Why? He throws the ball in it, and a bird flies and gets hit. Why was he not nicknamed the killer? <laughs> the killer. <laughs> That's right. The bird That's right. killer. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I did ask you this before uh, we did our thing, but I'm going to ask you again. So uh, what position would you play? Or or mm-hmm. this is relative. So would you play in the infield, the outfield? Would you be a pitcher, a reliever, or designated hitter? Put your feet up a little bit. You only get no, to I want to be I want to be right there in the action. They don't call me crash test dummy for nothing. So I'm going to go infield. OK, so uh, for the uh, outfield, I had the Washington Nationals. They probably have the best outfielder uh, in baseball right now in the, by the name of Juan Soto. He's great. So I had them uh, pitcher. They have the best starting rotation. The New York Mets, I believe, have the best rotation in mm-hmm. baseball uh, reliever. Milwaukee Brewers have the best one to uh, relief punch and the D.H. I put the best player in baseball. Unfortunately, you're not going to be a Los Angeles Angels fan. Uh, Shohei Otani, the best DH slash pitcher in baseball. So instead, you pick the infield, which I think one of the best infields in baseball at the moment is the St. Louis Cardinals. So you can okay. St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, watch fan. out. Cardinals Randy Johnson might hit you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Pick a TV genre. Uh, my, or I guess a movie genre, TV genre. So we have comedy, drama, crime, historical, or horror. <laughs> Okay, Classic well, horror, genre, historical. yeah, of course, horror yeah. right off there. I'm not, I'm not doing horror. Historical, interesting. Um, crime, absolutely not. So I'm between comedy, drama, and uh, historical. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, I got to continue to be on brand. If I picked big unit, uh, I don't want to deviate from the norm. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll go with comedy. Okay, so comedy for comedy, I have the Oakland Athletics, who I think uh, are a bit of a hard team to be a fan of, which I can explain in a bit. Okay, Uh, let me talk about the other options. So Jordan Kalos, we've said I've been in drama. The New York Yankees, I think, probably one of the most Mm. the serious, uh, and they don't like to lose. Uh, You're not allowed to have a beard. Uh, They're very serious. For crime, I put the Houston Astros because they cheated a few years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, for historical, I put the Seattle Mariners because they have not won in a very, very long time. They have not made the playoffs since 2001, which I don't know if you would call 2001 history, but 
close enough. And for horror, I have the Cincinnati Reds, who recently lost a game in which they no hit the other team. I don't think it can get much more horrorish than that, unfortunately. So, oh boy, uh, yeah. Um, my apologies to Antonio Mazzaro and any other Cincinnati Reds fans listening. But uh, yeah, o- Oakland Athletics. Uh, all right, where would you choose to go on vacation, Mike? We have the mm. beach, the zoo, a ranch, the mountains, or the set of the wire. I mean, I, I'm the set of the wire. I'm <laughs> oh, that's tough because like I want to, but it's those GD Oracle. <laughs> I didn't I can't mess with that. How would like, you know that that's what I picked for the set of the yeah, wire? Yeah, I wonder what other, unless I don't know, Idris Elba just <laughs> loves the Brewers yeah, and this is his right. favorite team. Uh, right. I would go with then, uh, especially since having my son, we have gone here a lot. And if I'm avoiding those Orioles, uh, you know, with the fire of a thousand suns, I'm, I'm going to go with the zoo. Okay, the zoo. Uh, the beach I had is the Los Angeles Dodgers. For a ranch, I had the Texas Rangers. So the team that you Oh, were no, my heart. Dodgers. Yep. Uh, the set of the wire, obviously, the Baltimore Orioles. And the mountains I had the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Uh, but instead, the Detroit Tigers are the team Ooh. that will remain in contention as your MLB team. And then finally, I need you to pick a movie. This is going to be pretty tough to figure out which team is which. Uh, are you going to pick the Guardians of the Galaxy? The Pirates of the Caribbean, Pixar's Brave, the Royal Tenenbaums, or the Iron Giant? Oh, now this is tough because uh, you have layers upon layers here. Uh, yeah, so I, Pixar's Brave, I'm not a giant fan of. I think there could have been more mm-hmm. to it. No mm-hmm. offense to the Scots out there, so I will get rid of Brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the guardians of the galaxy which i do love as a film uh what were the other t- three uh, pirates of the caribbean or the mm-hmm. caribbean the royal tenenbaums and the iron giant Ooh, now i do love me some wes anderson with the royal tenenbaums but i do love the iron giant as well uh oh man this is gonna be tough mm. Mm. I-, I think I will uh, keep myself away from current events and probably keep Pirates of the Caribbean uh, at arm's length at this point. So I will yeah, not. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I will not. I yeah. will not choose that. So between Pirates, uh, Royal Tenenbaums, and the Iron Giant, you know what? I'm a fan of of Brad Bird. I love me some superhero stories, and I love me some Harry Connick Jr. Uh, so give me the Iron Giant. Amazing. Okay. So, uh, I mean, if folks haven't guessed that Guardians of the Galaxy represented the Cleveland Guardians recently changed their name. Uh, so they are the uh, Cleveland Guardians, Pirates of the Caribbean being the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pixar's Brave being the Atlanta Braves, Royal Tenenbaum being the Kansas City Royals, and the Iron Giant is the San Francisco Giants. So these are the six teams remaining, Mike Bloom, the okay. Chicago Cubs. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Oakland Athletics, the Detroit Tigers, and the San Francisco Giants. So let me, so first of all, I think quite fittingly, none of these teams have really won that recently, which I think is uh-huh. a, one of the things I think you kind of do have to take into consideration when you're picking a new team. So for example, the Atlanta Braves won last year. Uh, yeah. I, you know, they're not like this, like super, you know, monopoly, you know, dynasty team that's going to start winning all the time. But, you know, it feels a little bit to like jump on. I mean, Rob Sister, you know, notoriously jumped on the Toronto Raptors right after they won. And now they are not super great. Uh, I feel like it won't be very fun. I feel like you actually have picked an interesting collection of teams that are sort of either working their way to becoming good. Some of them are actually very, one of them in particular is actually like quite good. And then there's some teams that I think are a little bit ways off from contending. <laughs> 
but that's okay. That's okay. So uh, the Chicago Cubs famously won in 2016, yes. but have since sold off pretty much all of the, the entire team. So they're very much oh, in no. a rebuild mode. Um, they, they're they okay at the moment, but they're not really, you know, uh, let me see what their, their record currently at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm they're like right now, yeah, 14 yeah, and 20. They're, they're 14 and 20. They're, they're struggling a little bit. The NL Central, fortunately, is a, is a division that's like, you know, a, not super, super competitive. The Brewers, the Cardinals are, are sort of the two teams. So you also have the Cardinals in there. Um, yeah. The Cardinals recently made a couple of uh, pushes. They always sort of Cardinals are sort of a team that are sort of never bad. Mm. Um, were, uh, were they the team that Albert Pujols ended up like pitching an inning yeah. just for shits and giggles? Yeah, uh, he pitched the other night. He he closed out the game. They were winning by a bunch and they kind of just didn't want to use any of their relievers. So he went in and he wanted to pitch uh, and he went in and pitched. It was very, so, very but, fun. And he also did give up like three runs, right? In the process. He did. Well, the joke, the like recurring joke on Twitter was like, how could he be a Hall of Famer if his ERA is like 32, you know, uh, <laughs> which was great. Uh, they're very fun. Yeah. So there's a few good stories. They have one of a uh, couple of my favorite players, Nolan Arenado, who they traded for uh, from the Colorado Rockies to play third base. And they traded Paul, for Paul Goldschmidt from the Arizona Diamondbacks, another team on your list, uh, to play first base. They have this like really great, uh, they're really good at having finding position players. Um, they have Yadier Yadier. Alina, who's like this longtime catcher who's really beloved. Albert Pujols, really beloved. They won. Uh, I think they last won in 2011. So that's okay. like almost 10 that's, years hey, ago. That's when, I, that's when I graduated and went to the, the Texas <laughs> Rangers in another world. Should so we be adding Clemson University to this list of six teams, Mike? Uh, oh, yeah. Now I may have to support this club. Again, I will ask, does Clemson have a baseball team? <laughs> I don't know. Or am I just supporting the general academic institution of Clemson University? Yeah. So I feel like uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are sort of in a tier now where like they definitely could win. They could win the, yeah. the Central and then they could go on to win. Uh, they're a pretty fun team uh, to watch and they're just always really good they're just a really well-run organization the other mm-hmm. team in here that they lost one in 2014 and they won a lot in sort of like the early 2010s is the san francisco giants mm-hmm. um the difference between the cardinals and the giants is the giants play in arguably the toughest division in baseball at the moment so they play in the nl west which includes oh yeah that's the, all the, the california teams right yes uh so that's the tough thing there um but again another like well-run organization that like even after they sort of had their like post uh winning a bunch um they weren't that bad for long before they started to get good again they currently have like a 21 and 14 record and they're in third place in their in their division mm-hmm. so they just play in a really in a pretty tough division there was a point where all five teams there were above 500 wow um then i think i would lump the detroit tigers in as a team that are sort of uh could be on the verge of being really good at some point um they have a lot of young prospects and then they've started to sign some free agents they signed uh javier baez uh who uh, played for the cubs for a long time they signed him um and uh they're a team that could be on the verge of the the al central is, is a division that like could be easy to win. Unfortunately, they're, they've kind of slumped out of the gates, uh, this year to mm-hmm. a 13 and 23 record as of this recording. So, um, this year wouldn't be the year probably that they will break out, but they sort of are on the verge of being good again. Um, I think. And then you have the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, Kind of, I never know what the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing. They're like always kind of good, but uh, not super good and not good enough to beat any of the other teams' division. And then you have the Oakland Athletics, who might be the most frustrating team to be a fan of, Mike Bloom. Oh, because no. Why? Even more than the Reds? Did you ever watch Moneyball? Oh, yeah. The Billy Bean. 
really been. So the Oakland Athletics will sometimes have these really good years, but they will never hold on to their star players. So oh. they will always trade away their players. Uh, this past offseason, they had a bit of a fire sale uh, again, where they sold, they, they traded away at many of their players, including uh, Matt Chapman went to the Toronto Blue Jays. Matt Olson went to the Atlanta Braves. So they're really frustrating to be a long-term fan of, but certainly you could hit your, your wagon to them uh, and do that. But uh pretty tough yeah um, anything okay. anything leaning your you know yeah, yeah. anything striking your fancy yeah so so i i loved you talking me through this like thank you for for providing a lot of history here so because i think you know the reason why uh we're doing this is because i know that when football season came around i asked mm. the patrons of post show recaps to pick a team for me and sort of like the logic that i had that i think will also kind of translate to this situation is like I didn't want a team that was, you know, led at least by anyone that was considered like problematic or cancelable. Uh, so that mm-hmm. discounts like, you know, your big Ben's, uh, for example, when we're talking about the NFL, formerly, yep. I guess I should say. Uh, and I wanted to pick a team that like had at least pretty good playoff odds. You know, I didn't want to necessarily want that team of like, well, uh, you know, it's September's rolling around. I guess we'll finish things off and, and, you know, watch everything from the sidelines. I wanted to have at least a little bit of like personal investment there. So luckily, the patrons found me the Buffalo Bills, which I think makes a lot of sense, uh, both mm-hmm. given in fitting that criteria and also kind of like the eclectic madcap nature of its fandom, not in like a toxic way. But like, I think jumping through tables does sound like a very Mike Bloom thing to do. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so from that perspective, I did sort of center around two teams uh just sort of thinking about what has a good i at least like a decent shot of being good every season so like i can hopefully rely on some postseason prospects to not have like any bad headline grabbing people though i feel like baseball is less about that than football uh baseball feels like a less personality driven type of sport am i am i incorrect yeah uh, i think that that's changing a little bit and then there is this like unfortunately this backlash to that a little bit where you do have these young players uh ronald Acuna jr fernando tatis jr vladimir guerrero jr uh you know, these young uh, people of color uh, who are much more, uh, they like to have fun while they are playing. And there is a contingent of people who I presume are, are mostly old white people who are like, that's not how you play the game, which is very mm-hmm. annoying. Um, but I feel like the tide is shifting uh, from that. Um, I mean, it, it, sort of the contrast of two people there, uh, like I, I kind of wish that the Los Angeles Angels uh, made it into your thing, because I feel like there's a very interesting thing here where they have the two best players in the world. They have not won in a very long time. Uh, they have Mike Trout, who mm-hmm. is the best player in a generation. It's not even fair how good he is. Uh, and yet he is perhaps the most boring leading man of all time. Like he's the most <laughs> boring poster child. I love him. He's so good at baseball. It's so fun to watch him. And yet he's incredibly like, he, he's just not like, charisma personified you know he's uh-huh. just not the like you know gonna be out there like making headlines in any way that like is super entertaining and then they bring in Shohei Otani who is this Japanese player who's making headlines for doing something that nobody has has, has done since Babe Ruth which is be a pitcher and a batter uh, mm. and he he's super engaging there's um a clip of him online a few a uh, few days ago uh, maybe a few weeks ago where he he couldn't get a hit in a game and there's this video of him in the dugout like uh t- like uh like kind of like scolding 
scolding and like and then consoling his bat to be like, please get me a hit, please. Oh. So he's like very entertaining in a way that like you know I don't uh, yeah I don't know he's just like a very interesting compelling uh, person huh. who could wow. like and now yeah you put him on the same team as Mike Trout so <laughs> uh, I don't know there is this like new generation of people I think that like these younger players who I think are who could break through in a way that like baseball hasn't had for a little while uh, mm-hmm. probably not really since like Ken Griffey uh, people probably yell at me because there's probably people you know you know than that but you know Ken Griffey was like making people turn their hats backwards you know uh baseball has not been super influential over the last few decades but I do think there are players who could could do that um Hmm. Any other teams that you picked? Yeah, so so that being hmm. said, I think I've sort of I'm I'm between two right now, which are probably mm-hmm. the Cardinals and the Giants. And I am leaning towards one, but I yes. guess I will ask you first before I make the final before I give my final rose <laughs> here, my final bloom. Yeah. Knowing that those are the two that I am between, is there any other information you feel like I should know about knowing that these are the two I'm picking between? You know, it's funny because I wonder, I, I do, they both are in some ways, the, the reason why out of these teams, like, it's funny that these are the six you picked, because I would agree that the bottom four are all, t- so the Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Athletics, and the Tigers are all teams that, like, could be good at some points, um, but are not good at the moment. Um, whereas the Cardinals and the Giants, the reason why, like, I feel like they're compelling to, is because, like, they pretty much could always be good every single year. Like, they will have mm-hmm. years where maybe they're, like, you know, third or fourth in the division and they're, they don't make it in the playoffs, but they're such well run organizations, like both of them, um, that there's a chance they'll always, they could always make it. So that thing of you wanting like a team that is always in the hunts to be in the playoffs might not always make the playoffs. Uh, and you know, baseball is, is since expanded their playoffs, uh, this year. And I think they're going to do it again next year. Um, so, uh, baseball playoffs have always been a little bit like elite. They're much smaller than most sports. Um, so it's not like these teams always make the playoffs, but they're always in contention to make the playoffs, which I think is very fun. Um, the, the things about these two teams, like I will say is that like, I feel like they're very, um, there is like about 10 years ago, they were both very good. And I feel like they sort of like have not won since, but can make it back. Um, I don't feel like you'd be bandwagoning on either of these teams. They have not been, they have not won in a long time, but they're both sort of like institutional, like baseball staples where they're, they're consistently, um, they're consistently good um, a lot. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, but all right. I think I made my decision. I'll lock it in. Okay. Uh, Listen, I'm looking in addition to being in the hunt, I'm looking for quirky. And right now, nothing is quirkier to me than a random ass offensive player saying, let me pitch this one. Let me throw some balls out there. A 40 year old man. Yeah. It's, it's racist bias, but like that does sound like something I would want in my baseball team. So I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. So I think the Cardinals are a really fun pick, especially this year, because again, like I said, they haven't won, but the last time they, they won was, uh, I think Pujols might have left, but, but nevertheless, they had this really fun run where they kept coming from behind and winning some of the most famous like baseball calls from, from my lifetime are there. And they sort of have this. So Yadier Molina has, is still there. Adam Wainwright is one of their like long-term pitchers who was around the last time they won as well. Um, and then they brought back Albert Pujols. Plus they have, you know, they brought in Paul Goldschmidt. They have uh, Nolan Arenado. They have this really fun group of, um, uh, they're just like so consistent. The thing they, the thing that they do really well is their depth. So if they, hmm. you know, their outfielder gets injured, they're able to call some guy out from AAA who's like going to be, you know, not as good as the guy they just lost, but can like, 
fill in and be okay until that guy comes back. They're just a really well run um, organization. Um, so I think that they're, that's a really fun uh, choice. Um, they have a, some other fun guys, uh, uh, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond are all guys that are like sort of younger ish uh, guys who are very quite, quite good. They're a really fun team. And I think if they could make it to the playoffs and win, there'll be this really fun story of like Pujols coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the, the Cardinals and, and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, sort of like that crew heading back into the, into the playoffs and trying to win a World Series. That would be really fun. Uh, could be a really fun story to follow. Uh, all right. Well, I'm looking, I'm yeah. looking forward to getting to know all those names that you just said. Uh, those are going to yeah. be my team. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, also, I want to tie it into, uh, even though he did not get picked, old Randy Johnson's history of bird hunting, I suppose, <laughs> with baseball. Right. So I want to, I want hey. to, you know, Get revenge. Yeah. And you're, you're representing birds as well. So yeah. we are birds of a feather here. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. They have, they, they're fun. They, uh, they have this guy, Jordan Hicks, who like, uh, they sort of, he floats between being a reliever and a starter, but he throws like incredibly hard, like over 100 miles an hour. He's really fun. Miles Mikolas is a guy who just, I like him because he has a really great mustache. Uh, Steven Matz is a guy who he had a really good season with the Blue Jays. And so he left and went to uh, sign a good contract with the Cardinals. So you have a former, uh, Blue Jay on there. Yeah. You have a fun team. You have a fun team. I'm excited. All right. And again, they're always going to be at least good. They will like very rarely be bad. Uh, so it's a fun team to have picked, I think, the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. And if not, my backup will be Clemson. When okay, Clemson. Uh, and if anybody's mad at me because Mike Bloom didn't pick your team, you can uh, tweet at me. Uh, I'm, I'm at Pineapple Boy 27. There you go. Um, exactly. Mike, thanks for coming on. Thanks for picking yeah. a team. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I I, I sort of floated this by you of just like, listen, yeah. I don't have a team. I want to get back into baseball. I am in the PSR Fantasy Baseball League, co-owning a team with Josh Wiggler called Down the Catch. Uh, it's been very fun, but I wanted more of an excuse to like get back into baseball because again, like we talked about at the beginning of this, you know, it's it's a sport that I went away from for a long, long time. And I was like, I think I'm interested in, a, in the more like lackadaisical, relaxed nature in this sport. And so I, I kind of wanted to, if I came back to have a team outside of the fantasy prospects to like throw my support behind where even if I'm doing bad in fantasy, I can support this team or vice versa. And so thank you for going through this entire exercise. And, you know, I don't, I, if you asked me 10 years ago, uh, did you ever think you'd be on a sports (laughs) podcast? I would say no. And I'm, thank you for having me check this off my list. No problem. Let me tell you something. You you are in eighth place in the fantasy baseball league out of 10, not super great, but you know what? The two people who are below you in the standings are two people that I know baseball very well. One is MJC, who's a very smart fellow. And mm-hmm. so you can feel him. good about, uh, sorry, MJC to throw you under the bus here, but you're doing better than MC and you're doing, you're beating my brother who's in last place, who is oh. the, the, the person that I think, you know, he wins our fantasy baseball leagues a lot. So you're beating my brother. So you can take some solace in that. That's I'll sleep well tonight. But that's the other thing about fantasy. The most the best and most maddening thing about fantasy is how much of it is luck. I would especially imagine from a baseball perspective where there are infinitely more games uh, and especially with like COVID protocols and everything as well, kind of like throwing spanners into the work. So I've been having fun with it, though. I've been looking to like get to know players. And now I have an entire team to do that with. Yeah, you'll have to uh, you'll have to get a subscription just for the St. Louis Cardinals games. I yep. might have to. I don't know how yeah. I do that, but I'm I think on MLB Cardinals. Network, I think you can buy a few so just just single teams. I think. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. All right, I'm going to check that out. Uh, Mike, what else are you up to? Where can people find you? Oh Lord, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> at a Mike Bloom time. I mean, you had me on at uh, an incredibly busy time, mm-hmm. uh, not just for me, but for yourself as well. Yeah. So. 
Survivor is wrapping up. It's in its penultimate week at the time we're talking about this. Of course, doing exit press for parade.com, uh, doing the BNB. Uh, this week we talked with Jess McKenna, who is a really fantastic podcaster and Survivor fan in her own right. But I'm taking a break from the BNB this week to do uh, my consummate podcast with Rob, our yes. uh, penultimate feedback show where we just get into a lot of stupidity about Survivor. So I'm very excited for that. I also got together with Rob and Chappelle to talk about the Pentaveret, which is Mike Myers' return to the silver screen after all these years. And it is... Uh, Supreme Canadian representation on that show. I mean... Uh, Ken Scarborough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. representation is a presentation, I should say. Something <laughs> gets presented from Ken Scarborough uh-huh. that became the focus of 90% of our discussion. This was one of those mm. podcasts that you could just like... We had difficulty wrapping our minds around how to even, for lack of a better term, undress this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we watch it so you don't have to. I also talked about The Circle this past week. I'm doing Exit Press for The Circle uh, starting Ooh. tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, people are starting to get eliminated, and I'm doing Exit Press with them. And then over on Post Show Recaps, we've got The Lost Rewatch with Josh Wiggler, Down the Hatch, Not Down the Catch. I have Barry with Deidre Lipsicus, which is finishing up the first half of season three. Uh, mm. I am doing Stranger Things with Josh in anticipation mm. for the season four premiere next Friday. We've been doing rewatch podcasts just at our season two rewatch podcast. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming up on May 27th. Uh, so I'm recovering that with Rich and Latanya doing a kickoff show for that. And if anybody missed it, uh, Grace, you and I were part of a very very fun star wars role-playing game hosted by dm philly where we got to play brand new characters in a brand new star wars adventure uh and then the other big thing is you know i guess i'm with iron giant because i love superheroes uh i am covering the boys which is a very good but very gruesome uh, amazon prime superhero series it's coming back for season three on june 3rd and I am talking with uh, our consummate superhero expert, Kevin Mahadeo. Uh, yes. Everything is super. And so we were going to release a podcast per season, just like the, the Stranger Things things and, and what we did with Barry leading up to the season three premiere starting this Friday. So that if you haven't watched The Boys or you don't remember what happened on The Boys, because it did take place in 2019 and 2020, we've got you covered. So yeah, May is an absolutely bananas month for me. But now at least as I'm doing all these prep for podcasts, I can put on some St. Louis Cardinals games in the background. Yeah. Uh, am I right? Ra- is it end of season two of the boys that ends with a rather quite the uh, the flagpole? Is he on a flagpole? Yep. Boy, yep. that show is wild. Uh, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. Is like you remember that. But then you don't like, you like you almost oh it almost obscures God. other things like, you know, uh, a whale, certain things happening to a whale. Oh, as yeah. An example. So oh, like, yeah. It's, it's wow. a show full of graphic images, but like also surprisingly deep character content, as well as like, in my opinion, fantastic satire and commentary on superhero culture and celebrity culture, yeah. which I think yeah. really resonates today. So if that <laughs> or any of the shows are, are for you, go for it, check it out. All of our coverage at Post Show Recaps. Yeah, Mike had to have been covering something that was like, I feel like this is my thing when I talk about all the shows I'm doing, like something I just said has to sound interesting to you. So so go check it out. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right. Until next time. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, I want to thank Aiden for joining us uh, to chat about hurling. I would like to uh, thank Mike Bloom uh, 
for coming on to uh, engage in some fun and games. Uh, we ran through his his MLB uh, career, uh, the sliding doors moment of being in another universe, and uh, and we helped him pick an MLB team, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. What, not what I would have expected. Um, we'll see. Let me know if you think I, I guided Mike uh, even remotely in the right direction. Um, we shall see. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks with uh, with another show. If you have suggestions for other shows, other topics that we should be covering uh, stories or sports that you want to dive more into, uh, please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at high from grace on Twitter. You can also email me. I'm grace at post I will get to your email. Uh, let me know. If there's a topic or a guest that you would like me to cover, uh, I have lots of sports on the on the list. Uh, you know, rugby was mentioned in this episode. Uh, I want to talk a bit about broadcasting in sports at the moment. Uh, I'd like to talk to somebody who's visited all 30 MLB stadiums. I'd like to talk about uh, uh, cricket. I'd like to talk about sumo wrestling. I want to talk about esports. There's so many things. If any of these sound interesting to you, let me know. And if you think I'm missing anything, let me know. I would be delighted to hear from you. Uh, so that I have my finger on the pulse a little bit. If you have game suggestions uh, or stories that you think uh, are interesting, let me know as well. Um, I am very excited to let you know that the Wrestling Rehap Up is back for its fifth season. Rob is a podcast.com slash wrestling feed. You'll find new episodes every weekend talking about professional wrestling, which combines the characters and storylines of reality TV with the athleticism and the physicality of sports. If you know me, you know that I am a big pro wrestling fan. Um, so Mari Forth, Matt Scott, will talk to you all about that week in pro wrestling. And they provide you with a handy list of videos which you can watch you can watch the playlist so you can uh, know what's up to date you either can be a super wrestling fan and listen to the show or you can know nothing about wrestling and you can listen to the show or you can have watched wrestling a long time ago like many people did and uh and get up to date so pro wrestling and the shows we love have so much in common uh memorable characters whimsical outfits over the top storylines and big moves mari and matt make it easy to, and fun to follow along so what else are you waiting for check out the wrestling wrap up uh as i said at the beginning of the show you can subscribe to the off speed podcast at rob has a podcast.com slash off speed feed bit of a tongue twister if you do that you're going to get the show in the feed one day early then it will drop in the reality tv wrap ups feed the following day so you're going to exclusive access you, you could have listened to this show yesterday if you are not already subscribed so go ahead and do that i am on twitter at high from grace i have lots of stuff going on and i will not bore you with the many things i'm doing but i'm going to name some shows i did over on post show recaps and if any of them sound interesting then follow me on Twitter and see, uh, take a listen, take a listen. Uh, winning time, uh, Heartstopper, uh, the wilds, Russian doll under the banner of heaven, uh, shining girls. And every week, Ariel and I chat about movies. Uh, this upcoming month, we'll be chatting about Firestarter and Bob's burgers and Top Gun Maverick and a whole lot more Downton Abbey too. So that is what I'm up to. And, uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks with another episode of the Offspeed Podcast. Until then, the podcast is over. 